Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Roberts, and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. I'm joined today by my very special friend and podcast producer, Nick Hand. I call him Nick Podcast King. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks, Nick, for being with me today. I am flattered to be here. Glad to be here. Well, I'm glad. I appreciate what you're doing for Lindsay and helping her with her podcast. I'm jealous, though. Her podcasts are so cool. They're so good. She's so real. I know. She's so down. And she's kept me down to earth, yeah. you know, all these 43 years. Entirely unconventional. That she is, Yeah, huh? yeah. If you haven't heard her podcast, uh, you need to you need to listen to it. Give her a little plug. Entirely Nick. unconventional, wherever you get your podcast with Lindsay Roberts. Uh, if you search it, either Lindsay Roberts or entirely unconventional, uh, it will pop right back up. Amen. And I hope you had a great Christmas. And now we're looking forward to a brand new year coming up in just a few days from now. 2023 will be here. And uh, Nick and I are going to continue today, as we did last week, talking about the word thrive. Yeah. I've got a brand new book uh, called Thrive, Eliminating Lack from Your Life. And it's available at richardroberts.org slash bookstore. Uh, Nick, you asked me a question last week. What does thrive mean? Well, mm-hmm. thrive is a, is, a, is a word for prosper. The scripture says in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and a successful journey. Right. Uh, prosper uh, in your, let's see, I wish above all things that you prosper, I'll get it right, and be in health right. even as your soul prospers. Well, that means God wants you to, to thrive in every area of your life, in your spirit, in your mind, in your body, in your family, in your finances, in your emotions, your business, your job, your family, your marriage, every area of your life, God wants you to thrive. Yeah. And we talked about how the first step is to believe. You've got to believe that God wants you to thrive. Now, you may be facing a circumstance right now where it just seems to be impossible. Uh, you've lost your job or you've uh, you've got a bill coming due. You don't know how you're going to pay or, or how am I going to get through uh, 2023, you know, just start it, much less get through it. Uh, and they're saying now this is the third year of the pandemic. They're calling it a tridemic. Yeah. And uh, and they're people. One people. One group saying, well, you got to wear a mask. No, we got to stop the mask mandate. And and you, you hear everything going on. Right. You see what's happening uh, in our borders. You see what's happening in Washington D.C. And I've got this problem in my in my gut and my or my gallbladder, or or I've got a problem with a child, or. I'm depressed or I'm discouraged. People are going through things right now. And I'm sure many people are saying, hey, how could I possibly thrive in the middle of something like this? Right. I think that's why there's been so much you know, feedback and, and questions even about the last podcast that we did around this, this, uh, this topic, because people, I think, are you know, looking for the possibility, if that's true, how do I access that? I think one of the questions, and maybe you can can uh, respond to this, because I think it's valid uh, to people listening and heard some of our conversation last week. Uh, it's kind of like, is I, I know you're telling me that I can thrive, but is your head in the sand? Do you see what's going on around me? Yeah. Have you seen gas prices? You clearly don't know my situation. Um, for people that would say that, how, how do you say that God wants you to thrive when we look at the condition of our current world, and it just looks so bad. I think it's because God is not uh, prepositioned to operate based on what the world is doing. Mm. You know, we're in the world, the Bible says, but we're not of it. We don't have to live by the principles of this world. We can live by godly principles, and we can make an investment of our lives into other people. And God will take that investment and use it and multiply it back. He is not a God of adding and subtracting. He is a God of multiplication. Mm. And when you, when you invest in the lives of other people, 
somehow, some way, God uses that, and then he multiplies it back to you. It is a, it is a spiritual principle that's in the earth. And, but you've got to believe it. You've got to believe that God cares. You've got to believe that God knows who you are, that he knows where you live. He knows what you're going through. And you've got to believe that he wants you to thrive. He wants you to do well. He not only wants you to close out 2022 strong, he wants you to have a great 2023, even in the midst of what you may be facing right now. Mm -hmm. I think that that can be pretty confusing for a lot of people when you are trying to look at your circumstance and then you have somebody saying, there's a better way. There are principles, but then they see the principles of their own decisions acting out and consequences of those decisions or consequences of decisions of people in power. When you're talking about these principles, are these principles that transcend just regular life? Like what, what are we talking about when we talk about there's, there's a, a, a principle, you know, you talk about, um, a lot of times you'll use the word seed faith, um, which is something that your dad talked about a lot. You talk about a lot. You talk about giving in the midst of your need. Is this a principle that bypasses natural life? Absolutely. It supersedes it all. And you, even you, you, you mentioned the word seed faith. That's a phrase that my, my father or Robert, what is it? What does that mean for people? That well, don't? it's making your faith a seed. Mm. Um, and it reminds me of, I was watching my good friend, uh, Jerry Savelle on television one night with, with my wife, Lindsay, we were, we were watching and Jerry said in his, in his message, what do you call the distance between the time you plant your seed and the, and the harvest? Mm -hmm. Lindsay took off her shoe and threw it at the TV and said, you call it hell, Jerry, you call it hell. <laughs> uh, waiting, waiting is not, waiting is not something that my wife likes to do much. Yeah, okay? <laughs> me either. <laughs> uh, when she was pregnant, carrying our children, she was ready to give birth after seven months, you know, and uh, I could always tell when she was, uh, uh, you know, getting getting near the end of her pregnancy because she wanted to clean the garage. She wanted to clean everything that moved. She wanted to clean me, cleaned everything that moved. Yeah. Um, Lindsay is not good at waiting. Uh, patience is not a virtue <laughs> to her. And But I understood what she meant uh, because you, 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 you commit a good act. You do something good and you, you say, when is the harvest going to come? You know, people today want things done in a microwave, right. but life doesn't happen in a microwave. When a farmer plants a crop, he doesn't have a harvest the next day. It takes time. And I remember when I was a boy, my mother said, we're going to plant a garden. And um, I didn't know what she meant. I was just a little thing. And we went out in the backyard and took some seed and we began to deal, dig some little trenches. And she saw I didn't know what I was doing. And she reached into her apron and she pulled out a package of tomato seed. And on the package was a picture of tomatoes. And she showed it to me. Mm. And I took one look at those red tomatoes and I said, is, is this what it's going to look like? She said, yes, not today, not tomorrow, not next week. But the day will come when you and I will come out here and we'll gather armloads full of tomatoes. And Nick, I got a glimpse of the future. Mm. So that caused me to, caused my faith to rise. And every day I was out there looking, checking, seeing what was happening. And I watched those little tomato plants come out of the ground and we had to get some chicken wire to, to hold them up. And then I remember when those little buds came out and then they, they were kind of a dark green and then they, they started turning yellow. And after a while, the yellow started to go to, to uh, kind of an easy red. And then they got more red and more red until finally the day came when my mother said, it's harvest time. And we went out and we picked armloads full of tomatoes. 
All right? That period of waiting caused my faith to grow, believing, knowing beyond any doubt that somehow, some way, God was going to take those little seeds that we put in the ground and cause red, juicy tomatoes to show up. And I took one of those tomatoes in my hand and just bit into it like an apple. I love tomatoes in it due to this day. Mm. But I learned a principle, and it's the same principle I'm talking about today in thriving. When you commit an act, a good act, you do something for someone, you plant a seed, money, uh, time, effort, uh, uh, babysit for somebody, uh, uh, give somebody a break, uh, give somebody a pat on the back, tell them they're doing a good job, give them a good word, whatever it is. Uh, Fill up somebody's car with gas. I'll tell you a story about that in a minute too. Do something like that. That's a seed. And you've got a right to expect God to multiply it back to you. It, it makes no sense to your mind, but right. you've got to believe that it's real. I know it's real because if it works for me, it will work for anyone and it'll work for you today. So that's that's what you mean when you're talking about giving in the midst of your own need is, is seeing your giving as a seed because for a lot of people, it's like, I don't, I can't afford to lose anymore. I've already, I've, if I, because in, in a human's mind, if I'm giving something, I'm letting go of something. Something is leaving me. And to give of the thing that I need in the time I need it the most seems extremely counterintuitive in the moment. But I, that's the best time to give. Uh, Absolute best time to give. The Bible tells the story in Genesis of a man named Isaac. They were facing a terrible famine. Like what? <laughs> it's another word for a recession. Yeah. And he got scared, like many people are right now in our country. And he wanted to run away. And God spoke to him and said, don't go down to Egypt, which is what he had in the back of his mind. He wanted right. to run somewhere else. Don't, don't go down to Egypt. Stay here and plant in the famine. Give of yourself in the famine. And he did. And the Bible says he reaped a hundredfold in the same year. A hundred times what he sowed in the same year. And it says that he prospered and became very prosperous. All right. I know in some people's minds, they say, well, I, I just, I can't fathom that. I can't understand that because it's so easy when, when times get rough to hold on. But that's the time you need to sow the most. Mm -hmm. Is sow when times get tough because that's the best way I know to get out of those rough times. Isn't this kind of, isn't this in some ways something we already know. I mean, in the sense of it to, to people, it's a principle like this can, you know, if they hear it for the first time, I don't know about that. That kind of, that kind of sounds gimmicky or sounds like, you know, too good to be true. But like, isn't that what we already see is what is the difference between that and well, karma or what goes no, around no, comes around or like this whole thing of well, you get back more of what you get. But, but what goes around comes around is biblical because what you put out is what you get back. Oh. Be not deceived, the Bible says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a person sows, that shall they also reap. Right. And you remind me of my longtime friend, Jesse Duplantis. I know, I love Jesse. Jesse and Kathy are great. Um, I was down there with them a few months ago, preaching in New Orleans in their wonderful church. Jesse, of course, is all over the world ministering. Yeah. But Jesse started out in a 20 by 8 trailer. He didn't have a bed. His mama made him sleep on the floor of the trailer. He had nothing. They had nothing. He saw no way he could ever have anything in his life. And one day, God began to speak to him about a worldwide ministry. And Jesse said, hey, I don't even have, no, I don't even have enough money to fill half a tank of gasoline in my Toyota. He had nothing. But he got hold of this concept. And he began giving of himself into the lives of others. God began to bless him. 
God began to prosper him and look at his ministry today. I was just with him. I was just in his home. I was just in their church. I had, had uh, uh, lunch with them down in the, in the French Quarter area uh, there in, in New Orleans and see what God is doing in his life. He, Jesse got a hold of this principle when he had nothing, when he was at the very bottom. And God has blessed him because he caught a hold of that spiritual principle. He didn't say, oh, that's some kind of gimmick. He realized it was true. And that's what you've got to do. You've got to believe. You've got to believe God. And you've got to believe God that when you act on his principles, that they'll work. Is it the kind of thing, because I can already in my head hear people think, you know, well, then you don't know where I'm at because I have nothing to give. Do you start where you're at? I mean, I've heard you talk about a smile or, you know, a text or, or things like that. Do those count? Sure. Of course they count. Look at Peter in the Bible. Peter didn't have anything to give to God, huh. but he loaned Jesus his boat. I don't know how many boats he had, but he loaned Jesus his boat, his fishing boat. Yeah. And I know... He had fished all night the night before, and he had not caught any fish. Peter was a fisherman. That's how he made his living. That's how he paid his bills. That's how he fed his family. He'd fished all night, and he hadn't caught a thing. Jesus walked by and said, lend me your boat. Peter said, okay. He lent Jesus his boat. That was a seed. Yeah. He gave Jesus an empty fishing boat. It seemed pretty worthless that day because they'd fished all night the night before. But when Jesus finished using the boat, preaching from it, teaching the people, he launched out into the deep waters with Peter, and this time they caught a net-breaking, boat-sinking load of fish. Yeah. God used that seed and multiplied it back to him. And that is an eternal principle. You say, well, that was the Bible. Well, I got news. The Bible is just as real today as it was then. And if it worked for an old fisherman like Peter, it'll work for you. Now, what about when you talk about, you talk about how there's sometimes this waiting period, you mentioned Lindsay throwing her shoe at the television. In the book, you also talk about how God is in the now. So sometimes those can, when you talk about those things, it can seem like a contradiction. Like, am I waiting or is he in the now? Or how do those things go hand in hand? Because they do. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting, no one likes to wait. No one likes to stand in a long line. But many times in order to get what you want, You've got to stand in line, okay? Mm. I was at the grocery store yesterday. There was a line, but I couldn't walk out the store with my groceries without going through that line, okay? They usually have two lines. They have a line for for, uh, uh, checkout where you check out yourself, you know, or they have a line where they've got somebody doing the checking out for you. I always choose the one where someone's checking out for me because I'm not quite as, I'm not quite. <laughs> right there with you. I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm just not uh, tech-minded. Tech Sometimes yeah. I have trouble doing it myself. Yeah. So, but there was a line, okay? Right. Uh, and I had to wait through that line. There was a waiting time. It wasn't very long, but it, but, but it was a wait. Yeah. I had to wait until that young man uh, uh, checked out the groceries so that I could go out the door because I wasn't going to steal the groceries. I was going to wait in that line. And I had to wait in order to get out the door. And there are times in life where you have to to wait. You have to hold on. And you have to refuse to give up, to quit. Uh, Not quit, not quit, but to hang on and hang in there. And yet you would say God is in the now. Absolutely. And what does that mean? It means he's in in every area of your life at every moment you are awake or you're asleep. Even in the wake. He's with you in everything you do. He's Mm. there. So even, and I think that's an important principle. And trusting him. Right. That even in the wake, God is with you in the wake. Yes, I know God is with me. I know it. I know it because I have history of him being with me. Mm. I know it. I know he's with me right now as I'm doing this podcast because I have history. He and I have history together. You know, that's the same way with with Lindsay. We've been married now 
Uh, we've been, you know, going on 43 years. Uh, we have history together. I know she's faithful. She knows I'm faithful. I've got history. I've got history with God because when I was 19, I committed my life to him and my whole life turned around. So I'm not going to leave God. I'm not going to say, okay, God, you're letting me down because he's never let me down. People let me down. Yeah. Situations sometimes don't turn out the way I want, but God has never let me down. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And you've got to believe that. I know for a lot of people, when you talk about giving um, and giving of yourself, giving of your time, giving whatever, use the the example of Jesus and needing Peter's boat or Peter, you know, giving his his boat. It's like, why does God need my stuff? It seems like he's like trying to take something, take something from me as a line of thought. No, no, no. God's not trying to take something from you. God's trying to get something to you. But mm. there, is a, there is a principle. You, in order to re, for a farmer to receive a crop, he has to give something. What does he have to give? He has to give seed to the ground. Yeah. That ground, although it may be fertile, is not going to produce one single thing until some farmer puts some seed in it. Yeah. You've got to do something first. And many people sit around saying, well, God, I just want you to do it all. Well, my experience is God isn't going to do it all. Without God, I cannot. But without me, he will not. Mm. There's something that I've got to do. The Bible says, knock and the door will be opened. Well, the door isn't going to be open until you knock. Right. Seek and you'll find. You may find, but you're not going to find until you begin to seek. There's something that do. Uh, Lindsay, Lindsay used to call uh, call God an if then God. Hmm. If I do something, then God will do something. What does the scripture say? If my people will humble themselves and seek my face and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. He's an if then God. If you and I will do something, then God will do something. But if we just sit around and wait for God to do it all, you know. People who stand around waiting for their ship to come in usually wind up missing the boat. Right. Powerful. Powerful. The book is called Thrive. Yes, Thrive, Eliminating Lack from Your Life. And it's available at richardroberts.org slash bookstore. Thrive. Thrive means God wants you to be well and have a successful journey in every area of your life. Thrive, eliminating lack from your life. Go to richardroberts.org slash bookstore. And Nick, thank you thank so you. much for being a part of this. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you for what you're doing uh, to help Lindsay with her podcast and, and helping me. Uh, we've kind of changed the format up a little bit, yep. and I love it. Me too. You want to pray us out? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that every word that Nick and I have said on this podcast today not only has been heard, but it takes root in the lives of every person, every man, every woman listening to my voice. Right now, I pray for you. And there's a scripture that says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Listen to that again. He sent his word and delivered them from their destructions. All right. He healed them and delivered them. That's Psalm 107, verse 20. And I send that healing word to you right now. I believe for God to bring miracles into your life, in every area of your life, in the authority of Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening today. And I'll be talking to you in the brand new year. God desires for you to thrive, not just get by, but to live your fullest life possible. In his book, Thrive, Eliminating Lack from Your Life, Richard Roberts shares with you three biblical principles to transform areas of lack into a life of abundance. Experience all that Jesus has provided for you. 
God's Word is full of the creative power to lift your faith and transform your circumstances. Request your copy of Richard's book, Thrive, Eliminating Lack from Your Life. Call today, 1-844-828-1412, or go online to richardroberts.org bookstore.